When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to an episode of the Wolverine.com recruiting podcast. I'm your host, EJ Hall, and it's been a little while since we've done a straight up recruiting podcast without the YouTube video shows and stuff. It's been pretty hectic for me. Uh, the last several months, we've actually had some staff changes. So we hired Tim Verghese to be our full time recruiting writer, kind of assistant to me. Uh, he abruptly left to take the lead job at our Texas A&M on three site. We've since brought on uh, Marshall Levinson, who will serve as a recruiting contributor, and Trevor Ritchie, who's actually producing this podcast as more of a jack-of-all-trades role. You'll hear more about them later on. Uh, I'm sorry it's taken me so long to do this, but we're going to put a bow on the 2022 recruiting class. It's almost the spring game. It's already basically about to be April. I'm recording this on March 31st. So I wanted to make sure to do my yearly podcast, just kind of running down the 2022 class, my thoughts on them, how I met some of these guys, some interesting stories on them. So hope you guys enjoy. Again, apologies for it coming so late. I usually do this right after signing day where uh after the february signing day now we have two signing days which the february one doesn't really matter so i should start doing these after december um but yeah i uh just i'm gonna run down the class we'll go lowest ranked to highest ranked and really quick um i know i said i wasn't going to talk too much about the staff changes but the way we are doing recruiting content at the wolverine is definitely definitely changing we'll have more exciting news about that soon we are going to bring back the wolverine.com podcast on a weekly basis moving forward we'll still have our youtube shows so if you're not subscribed to our youtube shows go ahead and head over to youtube go to the wolverine page subscribe it's completely free you can subscribe to the wolverine.com right now for one dollar on the on three platform that gets you an entire year for premium information over at thewolverine.com. We're going to be doing some really cool guest podcasts. We're going to be taking part in Twitter spaces. We have a lot of neat ideas. We're going to have a, a live show on YouTube, so a lot of great ideas coming together. Uh, we just needed not time to kind of put everything, uh, put everything together. So really excited about that. But let's go ahead and dive into it. The, uh, and I'm going to use the on three consensus rating. And so we'll start off with Alessandro Lorenzetti. And this is a, an interesting one because he's unranked on the on three consensus. But actually, there he is ranked. He is a three-star offensive tackle from Loomis Chafe, a prep school in Connecticut. So he is ranked. But since he attends a prep school on three when they built his database profile, and on three, I'm sure you guys have kind of noticed, we're still going through some 
I guess, moving adjustments. <laughs> it's still a little bit of a housewarming party here. There's still technical difficulties. So when they originally built Alessandro Lorenzetti's profile, they put him in as a prep school uh, prospect. And so his for whatever reason, like his stars are there, but they're hidden. So <laughs> either way, he's a three-star offensive tackle out of Loomis Chafe. And Lawrence Eddy, to be completely honest, is the biggest mystery of the entire class. And like, <laughs> we used to have like a just kind of like a joke in our group text where it was like, this is the ghost of the class. Like nobody's ever seen this kid. Um, and, and Lawrence Eddy's story to being a Michigan commit is actually really interesting. So this is a kid who's 6'6", 275 pounds, uh, projects as either a right tackle or could slide inside as an interior offensive lineman. But his story is interesting because he actually played in Canada for the first few years uh, of his high school career, missed his entire junior season due to COVID. And so as a senior, he hardly played as well. He had an injury. I tried to go out to see him in Boston. I want to say Connecticut's, uh, you know, where his school is actually is a little further from Boston. So uh, he had a couple games in Massachusetts that I was trying to get to. Uh, I tried to get a, a November flight to Hartford. That didn't work out because he, he dealt through a series of injuries. So he hardly played as a senior as well. So this is a kid that really hasn't played full time since his sophomore year. And that was in Canada. Uh, which obviously the competition level is not all that great. Now, Loomis Chafe is, is a really good prep school. Their head coach, Jeff Moore, actually just got hired at UMass to work under Don Brown, but he was a really good high school head coach. The program's great. The strength and conditioning program's great there. It's a really, really good prep school in the Northeast. But unfortunately, like I said, he missed his entire junior year. He hardly played as a senior. I never got to go out to see him just because he never played. And so how did he end up committing to Michigan? Well, every time he camped in the summer going into his senior year, coaches really loved him. So he went out to Michigan, went out to some other Big Ten schools, and coaches were like, wow, man. this And, and this is the first – this is important to know. It's the first year the NCAA has allowed – uh, prospects to work out in front of college coaches and so when during their visit so Lauren Zeddy had a chance to do private workouts with all these coaches they all offered him by based on his workouts including Michigan Sharon Moore was really really high on him and so he extended the offer Lauren Zeddy visited uh, again following that private workout visit and just fell in love with Michigan and committed um, so yeah he's a he's one of the bigger mysteries of the class it's really really hard to grade him uh honestly i would probably grade him as a high three-star guy just based off of the very limited huddle highlights i haven't even really seen actual game film on him it's more so just the huddle highlights and that's it like that's all we have to evaluate off of i mean i, I do trust Jerome more in his evaluations and obviously they loved what they saw in person in that private workout setting so it w- wasn't really a camp it was more of an individual workout with Sharon Moore and I again I just I think he's one of those guys that 
hey, down the line, if he's he's a starter, um, he's just a guy that we never really got to see. So I think he could be one of those hidden gems or one of those guys that we just kind of forget about for a little bit because we're not expecting him to make an immediate impact. And it's difficult for offensive linemen in general to make early impacts. Uh, but I think down the line, maybe Lawrence Eddy's a guy that surprises. He's just he's he's the prospect that I'm like the most interested in this cycle to see what he becomes four years from now or three years from now just because literally I don't think anybody had a chance to see him except for the uh, college coaches that that got him on campus so he's definitely an interesting one um next is Deuce Spurlock three-star athlete on on three linebacker uh signee out of Madison Academy in Alabama um Deuce is one of my favorite under the radar recruits in this class and this class featured some really intriguing uh prospects but deuce is uh deuce is one that really moved the needle for me when i saw him live in game uh in the fall so i went out to to alabama not really knowing what to expect i had seen deuce's um film and i had seen the why michigan was so high on him and one because on on the junior tape you could see he goes sideline to sideline really well he's comfortable in space he's a guy with really good speed for his size he looked a little smaller on uh on the tape and then when i went out to see him in alabama i uh i remember walking onto the field and being like man that's a big kid and i was like is that deuce spurlock so i go on the max preps just to double check and make sure that that's the correct kid on the roster and I was like that is Deuce Spurlock I saw him up close and I was like yeah it looks like him so I was really just surprised at how big he is I mean he is a legit 225 pounds I would say right now he's about six foot two um so he has some really good size you know which I wasn't necessarily expecting him to be I think originally he was listed at 200 pounds flat and then they uh, they got that corrected to to two twenty, but he yeah he definitely didn't look two hundred pounds when I went to see him. So he has a thick lower half, a thick upper half. He's a strong kid that also plays an H back role for his high school. Uh, made some plays on the offensive side of the ball, lined up at running back as well. Uh, so just really showed off some some good athleticism. Uh, again, as his junior tape showed, it was the same thing. Um, you know, on the in game as a senior, he's a guy that just runs sideline to sideline really well. I mean, he just is comfortable in space. We talk about speed and space with Josh Gaddis's offense, which is no longer uh, in existence. But I think with Mike McDonald's defensive scheme and now with Jesse Minter's defensive scheme, these linebackers really need to play with speed and space they need to be comfortable covering in space they need to go sideline to sideline they just need to they need to fill gaps quickly they need to be junior colson type of linebackers and that's what you're getting in spurlock now i don't think spurlock is the prospect that junior was i mean everybody knows how high i was on junior i had him graded out as a five star but i think deuce spurlock has a lot of the same uh attributes a lot of the same skill set so I'm really excited about Deuce Spurlock. He really impressed me in game, and then off the field, he was a really, really uh, great kid too. You know, I hadn't really had a chance to talk to Deuce too much during the process. He's a guy that Michigan actually offered in the summer 
on a visit. And then he, you know, Michigan kind of cooled on him as they explored some other options. We had the whole Jeremy Patton saga, which he obviously he ended up elsewhere. So they circled back to, to Spurlock, made a big push. He committed on a visit, on another visit, and they got him on board. But I, I really like what they got in Deuce, I think he's he's underrated by the recruiting services. After seeing him live, I would grade him out as a low four-star. I really like his upside. He still needs to work on uh, a lot of the technical aspects of the game, uh, field awareness as well. But you can see those raw tools that will allow him to especially specifically fit into what Michigan wants to do defensively with its linebackers. So I think Deuce is going to surprise a lot of people. The next, oh, really quick, I I went on a tangent, but before I I move on from Deuce, so like I was saying, I had a chance to meet him for the first time uh, when I was out there for that game. And after the game, I was about to get an interview with Deuce, and this little kid uh, ran onto the field and uh, gave Deuce a penny. And I was like, all right, this is (laughs) kind of random. And so I asked dudes i was like why why does this kid give you a penny and he was like oh man i i met this kid once and he gives me or he gave me a lucky penny and i gave it back to him to hold during the games and then he gives it back to me uh afterwards and that's that's pretty cool uh just to see uh, a little bit of a bond that he had with some you know random little kid that's just a fan like uh he's deuces just seems like a really really good kid i wish i would have had a chance to to meet him uh, a little or to to meet him earlier and to get to know him a little more. His mom, uh, Tara Spurlock, was really, really great and accommodating while I was out there as well. Uh, so good kid, uh, good mom, like just just seems like he's going to fit that mold of a Michigan kid. So, yeah, again, really, really like Deuce Spurlock. Um, next is Connor Jones, three-star offensive tackle out of Palmer Ridge, close to Colorado Springs, uh, six foot seven, two hundred and eighty-five pound uh, tackle. It can be a left guy, can be a right, uh, can even slide inside. I'm really interested to see how Connor develops. And I know a lot of people just didn't seem all that high on Connor. Um, you know, I, I would probably grade. So I think Connor's graded as a mid three right now. I'd probably grade Connor as a high three. Um, I really, really like what Connor's going to bring to this program in terms of work ethic and fit. This is a kid that grew up a Michigan fan. We always have all these Michigan fans wanting kids that want to be here. Connor Jones wanted to be at Michigan so bad. He grew up a Michigan fan. He dreamed of playing at Michigan. When he got that offer, I know it meant the world to him, and he was uh, one of the earliest commit in this class and stayed firm throughout the entire cycle never wavered never showed interest in any other schools never visited any other schools he was completely locked in um even when there was a a staff shuffling he it did not matter to him he wants to be at michigan this is a kid that really bleeds maize and blue and not only that connor has one of the more impressive work ethics that i've seen uh, covering recruiting. This kid is, you know, the the cliche uh, lunch pail. He's going to go to the gym and be a gym rat. Like all those, you know, stupid cliche words uh, are literally meant for Connor. I mean, this is a kid 
that works nonstop, drives from Colorado Springs into into the Denver area to work with Matt McChesney, uh, former NFL offensive lineman um, and, and one of the best offensive line trainers in the country. Uh, Connor also goes to to a um, local uh, kind of rehab place where he works on flexibility and different things like that. Um, he's a guy that is going. He's going to wake up at five a.m., be the first one in the gym, last one out. Um, he's I, again. He's just worked nonstop. Like this is a kid that did everything for his team. Uh, you know, as far as practices, obviously playing in the games, and then on the weekends would go up and train with McChesney. So he is always working. He enrolled early this spring, and uh, you know, early returns are he is no surprise one of the hardest workers uh, out of all the early enrollees. So I like Connor. I mean, again, big kid, six foot seven, two hundred and eighty five pounds. I'm really interested to see how he comes out of the strength and conditioning. Uh, program he was a uh, you know a little on the thin side it had had a little bit of baby fat uh, that he was polishing out but I, I think Ben Herbert's gonna get him really really right uh, Michigan has done a, a nice job uh, finding some some big strong Colorado kids obviously you know Reese Atterbury and now Connor Jones and Reese actually uh, trained with McChesney as well um, but yeah, I, I definitely think Connor's going to exceed expectations. When I went out to see him, um, live, I saw him at a camp setting and then I saw him in game as well in the fall. And he's just a guy that loves to bury people. Uh, you know, the competition level wasn't amazing, but he really buried people, put them in the dirt, um, was physical, played with a nasty mean streak demeanor, didn't get to see him do a lot of past set since uh palmer ridge ran a really more run run heavy type of scheme but he was a guy that just you know you want to the first the first step when i look at offensive linemen is how much do they just love to block and love to punish people and you could tell that connor obviously wanted to get a pancake on every play so i like i like connor i i do not agree with the uh with the majority here i do think that connor is going to be a productive player at michigan uh i've been a a connor supporter since uh since he committed i really like him gonna miss covering him his dad travis jones is terrific uh as well and, and does a lot of great things for uh for local athletes uh around the state of colorado so uh really really excited to to see what connor does in ann arbor um all right, so next up is C.J. Stokes, three-star running back out of uh, Hammond School in South Carolina. Um, so C.J. Stokes is one of the guys that I wasn't as high on um, in this class. But the thing about C.J. Stokes is if you saw his signing day speech and even when I went out to see him um, when I went out to see him live, unfortunately, I didn't get to see him do anything. His practice was canceled due to a heat advisory so uh i did not get a get a full live evaluation of cj and you know perhaps my my opinion would have been higher on cj had i gotten a live evaluation but he um the thing about cj is he's out to prove people wrong you can see that in his signing day speech uh if you had a, if you didn't get a chance to go see it i would just look up cj stoke signing day speech on twitter because it's 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 a phenomenal 
powerful speech. I think he's a guy that has that Mike Hart mentality. Like he, he might be underrated, but he's a guy that could surprise and really excel under the coaching and mentorship of a guy like Hart. Um, you know, he's a little bit on the shorter side, about right at about 5'10", but really thick build at about 190. Might be already up to 200. I mean, he has a, a really strong uh, upper half, a really filled out lower half. So he has that kind of Mike Hart build as well, I guess. Um, but on, on top of that, I, I do think CJ's a guy that, um, is just gonna again like like we mentioned about Connor. He's he's the guy that's gonna go in there and, and work harder than anybody else. And, and I think he can be a contributor uh, in the running back room. Like you, you look at it right now, and you see the running back room as it stands. And you have Donovan, who's gonna be a stud. You have Blake, who already is a stud. And then after that, you kind of have some question marks. So there's room for CJ to surprise people and prove people like me wrong. So why aren't I high on CJ? Well, one, his his competition is not very good, so it's hard to really get, get a true gauge of him on film. That's why I would have really liked to see him live. But um, I think he does a lot of things well. I just don't think he's great in a lot of in a lot of areas so he he checks the boxes as you know i think he's one of those just solid three-star guys like he checks boxes but he's not really great in any one area or any two areas he's a guy that you know his vision's fine not great his speed is good but not great i believe he clocked in like a four four five though but on tape it seems like he has more long speed um he's a guy that does run well between the tackles um he he does like to put his shoulder down and run over people but i think he still needs to work on some of his balance as well so there are just things that you know make him a really good running back take but i think uh i don't think he's obviously a great running back take but i do think he's a guy that mike hart will get the most out of um so yeah uh and and cj is just an impressive kid too like i said not only is he out to prove people wrong uh, you know, he's a, he's a kid that was really respectful. And, you know, even though I didn't have the highest opinion of him and those kind of interviews can sometimes be awkward, you know, he was, he was a really great kid, really respectful. So I, I, even though my evaluation of CJ wasn't great, I do think I, I am rooting for him to prove me wrong. I really would like to see CJ excel at Michigan. Um, moving on, we have, let's see, Damani Dent. Three-star uh, safety out of Jacksonville, Terry Parker. Damani Dent, man. I went out to Pylon, Panama City Beach in February of last year to evaluate Shamar James, who was a top 300 linebacker that Michigan was after, and a few other kids in that tournament. And I remember, you know, it was the early window, and a lot, the cool thing about these seven on seven tournaments is there's games going all day long. Like they start at like 11 and they end at like 7 PM. So, you know, a lot of reporters will go and they'll just watch the targets of the, the schools they cover. But I really just enjoy being out there and finding kids and watching football. Like I, I love to do it. Right. That's why I'm on the road all the time. So there was a window where there were no Michigan targets playing and, I kind of just sat in the middle of the field. So the way 7-on-7 seven seven works is 
uh, or the way club seven on seven works is they have the hundred yard field, obviously, and then they cut it in half. So there's a game going on one side of the field and then there's a game going on the other side of the field. So I sat down in the middle of the field and just watched kind of both games, kept an eye out, just see if anybody caught my attention. And I was sitting there and I was watching this kid and he played corner, he played safety, he played receiver. And I was like, man, I, I don't know who this kid is, but he's definitely interesting. And I watched him more and more and I was like, this kid's actually really good. And so I took some photos of him and kind of just stored him away. I, I went up to Damani and was just like, hey, man, what's your name? And, you know, he's like, Damani Debt. And he had this kind of certain swagger about him. And uh, I, I, I wish we could, or I'm, I'm going to try to get Damani Dan on one of our Q&As just so you can, you guys can hear the way he, he talks. It's just, he has kind of that, that uh, Florida slang and he just, he just has this really cool demeanor about him. But went up to him and, you know, he, he said, Damani Dent. And I was like, you have any offers? And he was like, no, no offers. And I was like, man, what's your size right now? And he's just like six foot, like 180 pounds. And I was like, you got a good size, man. You're playing really well. Like, I think you end up being a good safety. And so I, I jotted his name down. And I usually after I do these seven on seven, uh, these seven on sevens, I, I do observations or I put together a little top performers team. And I threw him on there, even though he had no offers. I was just like, hey, this Damani Dent kid was really good, can turn into something, right? And, uh, you know, little did I know he was going to end up signing with the school I cover. So that was just a, a really cool uh, kind of experience, just seeing Damani when he was just a nobody on the recruiting trail to, you know, covering him as an actual Michigan signee and so i yeah i I just from be from loving recruiting and just loving watching football and and just kind of sitting there and randomly stumbling upon damani dan i thought that was that was cool that was one of my favorite moments of the cycle and anyway so after i wrote about him as, as a top performer it was cool because the following day i followed him on twitter and he picked up an offer from troy and that was his first offer. And then I didn't really hear from him again until he popped up in the summer. And I guess he camped at Oregon. They really liked him. They extended an offer. And then Michigan obviously jumped in the mix as well. Shortly after that, they got him on campus. They really impressed him. Ron Bellamy did a great job in that recruitment, as did George Hilo. Um, and I, I liked Imani Dan. He's really, really raw. Um, you know, that's that's why it took him a little while to blow up on the trail. And even when I saw him and was impressed with him in 7-on-7, seven seven, I, I was more impressed with him because he was playing a little bit of everything. He was long. He had a good build. He just had, like I said, a certain type of swagger, demeanor that I really liked. Made good plays on the ball um as a safety and as a corner at an interception uh made plays as a wide receiver so i just liked his athletic i I liked his athleticism his athletic profile in general his skill set but i was like man this kid just he doesn't really know what he's doing but he's just (laughs) he looks really good um and so i think that's the thing with damani is everything's there for him to excel with him, it's just going to really be about development, getting him, you know, obviously great coaching, which Michigan has, getting him in the strength and conditioning program, getting him in the film room, just sitting down with him, you know, uh, you know, capitalizing on, on the natural instincts that he has and the raw athletic talent that he has. But, you know, I and, and that him being so raw 
has me a little cautious on his grade. Like I haven't graded out as a high three star, um, but this is a kid that could play, you know, pretty early and surprise a lot of people with him. It's it's really all about just development and, and learning different things and playing at a or thinking at a high level, playing at a high level. So I, I like Damani Dent's upside a ton. Really, really big fan of Damani Dent. Uh, was glad to meet him early on in the process. So. Um, yeah, really, really excited about Damani Dent. Um, moving on, we've got three-star edge slash linebacker Micah Pollard out of Jacksonville, Bartram Trail. And like Warren Zetti, Pollard is a little bit of a mystery to me, not not as much as Lauren Zetti. You know, Pollard actually got on the field quite a bit. Bartram Trail is a really, really good program in Jacksonville. But I never had a chance to go out and see him. And, you know, with CJ Stokes, even though I didn't get to see him live, at least I got out there and got to size him up, got to meet him and everything. Uh, with Michael Pollard, I just never got to. I, I said, and I felt bad because I, I really wanted to see Damani Dent live too. And the problem with this class is it was so spread out. Like there were so many kids in so many different states. So, the class before this, uh, twenty two, right? Yeah. So it was uh, so JJ's class. I went out and I saw every single kid live, and that was that's my goal every cycle. And with this cycle, it just was impossible to do that with kids spread out. Lawrence Eddie having that injury, and then Micah Pollard's was so stupid because I wanted to see Pollard and Dent at the same time in Jacksonville, but I had a I had a a trip scheduled to Jacksonville and then I canceled it. Um, I canceled it because I, I don't even remember. I went out to see like an important target. God, who did I go, go out to see? I guess it doesn't really matter, but Michigan was in on a really, really important target. Oh, I, I went out to see a Marion Walker when they were starting to flip him uh, from Notre Dame. So that's who I went out to see instead. So I canceled my Jacksonville trip so I could go see a Marion Walker who ended up signing on it. And obviously we'll talk about him. But and so that was cool. So I got an evaluation in of a Marion Walker. So I canceled the Jacksonville trip. Then I tried to schedule it later on in the fall. And I booked it again because luckily Southwest now gives you kind of these flight credits. And so I booked it again. And then I got screwed over by weather. I saw the weather was going to be really bad and there was potential for lightning delays and I didn't want to get, you know, delayed out of my flight. And so then, so then I called Southwest again and I got those flight credits switched over so I could go see uh, Do Spurlock. So I never got a chance to go out and see Michael Pollard. It just it did not work in my favor. The uh, the weather, the airlines, nobody wanted me to go see Michael Pollard. So we'll briefly talk about Michael Pollard. Um his his father played tight end in the NFL uh, with Jim Harbaugh. He's a nephew of Braylon Edwards. We had a couple of uh, Michigan connections uh, there. George Hilo obviously is a, a great, well-respected uh, recruiter in the Jacksonville area. Did a phenomenal job of building a relationship with Micah Pollard, who uh, was an early Michigan lean, then momentum shifted towards Auburn, and then back to Michigan as Hilo did a, a phenomenal job of winning him over. It's listed at six foot three. 200 pounds uh watching his his uh film i do think he's a guy that can be an edge rusher i think that's where he might start off but i think he he has the athleticism to really excel in, in one of the uh inside linebacker spots 
uh, with, with Micah, it's all about adding weight and strength. Uh, but I, I think he's really interesting because, again, Bartram Trail is a really good program in Jacksonville. He had really solid production. Um, you know, from talking to the coaching staff there at, at, at Bartram Trail, specifically their recruiting coordinator, Chad Parker, who, who's one of the best assistant coaches in the Southeast that, that I dealt with even, even at my time at Texas. He had nothing but really high praise uh, for Pollard. So Pollard checks a lot of boxes. He's just a little bit of a mystery to me just because didn't really get a chance to see him live. But I like the production. I like the profile. I like the bloodlines. Uh, so, so with Pollard, I would also have him graded, you know, as a, a maybe a mid to high three star. Um, but I think he can be a productive college player at Michigan for sure. So we're going to go ahead and move on to three star cornerback Miles Pollard out of uh, Brentwood Ravenwood. And I think everybody knows how much I like uh, Miles Pollard. His was interesting too. So I was out. Um, I guess, is it a year or two down? I don't know. I, I went out to see Junior Colson right before he committed to Michigan. And this was in the off season going into Junior's senior year. So I went out to, to see Junior and go do that whole big thing at his house. And, you know, that was obviously a really fun time. But I had a chance to see Junior do a workout before that uh, with MPA, National Playmakers Academy. They try train a lot of top prospects in the Nashville area, and I, I know the lead trainer, Buck Fitzgerald, uh, really, really well, dating back from my time on the Texas beat. So everything was kind of set up for me to go out there. It was really, really fun time. Always enjoy going out to, to Nashville. So uh, glad that Steve Klingscale is making the, uh, the area a priority. But um, so I went out there, saw Junior, saw some of the other kids that were working out. And I remember asking Buck and being like, hey, man, who's this long kid out here? um is really really skinny but very very long and i was like man i i love the length on this kid who is he he's like miles pollard is one offer from kentucky steve Klinkscale. <laughs> and i was like okay uh you know this this kid could be you know one to watch for sure they got his headshot and stuff and you know uh you know filed his name away and did my whole ordeal with junior so i went back in the fall and I, I had a chance to see Junior in his uh, season opener, which gave me an opportunity to see Miles. So in that opener, I had a chance to to kind of hone in on Miles Pollard as well while watching Junior, and he definitely impressed. Um, I, again, I just I was really impressed with his length, how physical he was, even with his really lanky frame. And then I went back to Nashville to see the Ravenwood IMG Academy game. And that's where Miles really had his breakout game. Uh, I think a lot of people had a chance to see it on national television, on ESPN. Uh, He did a phenomenal job of uh, making plays on the ball, locking down some of IMG's really highly touted wideouts, and uh, even had, you know, one of the, the biggest hits of the year in high school football as well. Uh, You know, so fast forward to the spring and I had a chance to see him in Club 7-on-7 seven seven, uh, at Pylon Atlanta, and he was great there. And again, in, in, the, in the season, I saw him uh, in, his, uh, in his final game uh, out in Nashville as well. And with Miles, you know, the, the thing is he, he's adding some good weight. He still needs to add weight and strength to his frame. He's still on the skinnier side, um, but he knows he has to bulk up. 
the length is there the the height is there he's he's really at a, he's right at about you know six foot two six foot two and a half so height length is there physicality is there the biggest question mark and he, he kind of reminds me a little bit of jamon green when i covered him as a high school recruit um but the biggest thing with miles is just um speed man like that's been the biggest knock on him that's literally why he's ranked as a three star on on three now i'd grade miles as um as a four-star kid um just because he checks all these other boxes but speed is definitely a concern um and that's something that on three really puts a premium on and i mean it does concern me a little bit too i mean i'd like to see miles improve his speed i think you know michigan's a really good fit you know being in a physical conference like the big 10 um but, and he's very much a willing tackler, a really good tackler as well. So I think he's going to be a plus in the run game. I think he'll, you know, frustrate opposing receivers with that length and physicality. But speed um, is one of the boxes that he does not check in the biggest question mark going into Ann Arbor. But outside of that, you know, Miles is just uh, a really good kid, has that kind of, um, you know, country twang uh really quiet kid that that really just likes to you know work hard and and prove people wrong on the field uh really great family as well greg pollard his father was phenomenal throughout the entire recruiting process really enjoyed you know going over to his house having barbecue with him just you know kind of talking about other things you know outside of just miles's recruitment so really really enjoyed my time uh with the pollard family and getting to to know them uh you know both junior and and miles were a pleasure to cover so uh really really excited to see miles at the next level the next recruit is Jaden denigal three-star quarterback out of apple valley california um Jaden rated as a high three-star on the consensus you know i'm a little lower on denigal i had a chance to my evaluations kind of changed a little bit. Um, and, and here's kind of an explanation of my evaluations on Denegal. So I went out to see Denegal uh, after Michigan decided to take his commitment. So remember, Denegal wasn't really on the radar. Michigan was really focused in on Nate Johnson, who ended up committing to Utah. And they brought in Denegal through one of Courtney Morgan's connections. He They had him on campus. They had him throw um he passed the the eye test michigan offered and he committed that same day i remember uh talking to his trainer danny hernandez that day they were at michigan and you know i i kind of got a, a heads up that he was going to commit he committed and so it was kind of it, it, it happened really really quickly uh from a guy that wasn't really necessarily on the radar to a guy that you know instantly became michigan's quarterback take at the time was the only quarterback take and so I went out and I saw Denigal working uh, with Danny Hernandez, who, again, is his trainer, is one of the best quarterback trainers in the country, trains a lot of big-time talent um, up and down the West Coast. So I had a chance to see that private workout. And what I liked about Denigal was his frame. He's a big-bodied kid at about six foot four, 215 pounds. Um, he has really good arm strength. He, has, he, he was accurate. You know, short to intermediate, his ball placement wasn't, you know, amazing. Um, he did struggle at times uh, with with more deep ball accuracy. 
His mechanics looked like they were a little bit of a work in progress, but I thought they were coming along fine under uh, Hernandez's teachings. And so I, you know, at, at that time I wrote, you know, his mechanics are fine because it, it looked like, you know, they were really coming along. They weren't great, but they weren't bad. And then I think as the, and this, this is, was just kind of a weird situation. So I went back out and I saw him in the fall uh, live and he put up these like gaudy stats against terrible competition and his completion percentage was fine because he was throwing a lot of high percentage throws. He had a couple of nice deep balls as well. Um, he missed one early in the game, but came back and, and had a couple of really good ones. And he was kind of a tank to bring down when he ran the football, but his mechanics were just bad. And I was like, man, this kid has really regressed from a mechanic standpoint, going from his off season work with Hernandez to his, um, to going into, to, and I think it was like deep fall. It was like October, uh, cause it was kind of cold out in California and so I, I want to say it was October, or even November that I went out to see him and his mechanics just had completely regressed. And then he got a late invitation to the All-American Bowl in San Antonio, which I didn't get a chance to go out to because all the Michigan signees ended up getting COVID and couldn't participate. Denigal was actually a late addition to the game because all these other quarterbacks got COVID and couldn't participate. And so he ended up going out there and got a chance to see the game on television. It just it just wasn't there. And we, we had Tim Verghese out there who was our uh, other recruiting reporter at the time who didn't have really great reviews for him either. And that's a, the thing about Denigal that just really, really concerns me is the regression. This is a kid that looked just fine in the summer working with Hernandez. And I mean – Again, like that, that's my explanation for it is Michigan must have, I mean, Matt Weiss must have seen the same thing that I saw, right? Like the throwing session that I saw of Denigal in the summer um, was, or, or yeah, I, I think it was the summer, literally was just like a month or two after he had committed to Michigan. So I saw the same thing the Michigan coaches saw him, saw in him to, to take his commitment at the time. And of course, Michigan was kind of getting deep into their quarterback board after losing out on Johnson. But still, there there looked to be enough there to be like, okay, this guy can turn into something. And then the regression was just, I mean, it just did not make sense to me. I mean, especially with him being a Danny Hernandez kid, and I've covered Danny Hernandez kids in the past, and they, they really come along and, and eventually become really mechanically polished. Um, you know, Texas recruited a couple of Danny Hernandez kids when I was on that beat. And so I had a chance to to see them uh, when I was briefly <laughs> on the Notre Dame beat. I had a chance to go out to see Buckner. Um, and so I had seen Danny Hernandez's workouts. I really respect what Danny Hernandez does with the development of high school quarterbacks around the state of California. But man, I mean, once he got away from working with Hernandez and just went into his high school season, it was like night and day from a mechanic standpoint. And so his feet still need a lot of work in the pocket. He does not look comfortable in the pocket at all. He holds on to the ball for way, way too long. I mean, with Denigal, it's he's going to need a mechanic revamp. He's either going to have to go back to what it, whatever he was doing to progress with Hernandez. And, and now Hernandez is going to be hands-off, obviously, because he's at Michigan. So Weiss is going to have to completely correct the mechanics or he's gonna have to move to tight end in my opinion i mean i don't don't foresee him being a quarterback at michigan 
unless he fixes a lot of problems. And that starts with mechanics, starts with feet work or footwork, and it starts with getting that that deep ball correctly. Again, the arm strength is is there. Ball placement's kind of all over the place. The deep ball accuracy is not there. So, and, and again, he's fine, short to intermediate. Um, but yeah, I mean, with with Denigal, there's a lot there to be the the quarterback at the University of Michigan to play quarterback at the University of Michigan. I just, I mean, I, I like Denigal. I, I like the the big. I like Denigal as a kid. I mean, it was really great to go out to meet him. I like his uh I like his athletic profile. Like I still think like you know, he can be a pretty decent tight end and maybe he can even be a serviceable late career starter or at least backup in case of injury if the if 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 Weiss can get him mechanically better if they can fix his footwork. Like it's just I think it's just going to be a lot of work with Denigal. And so that's kind of where I stand with him. Um, obviously he's rated as a high three star on the consensus. I would rate him as a, uh, a low three star. He's the, uh, lowest rated recruit in the class, um, in, in my evaluation. Um, next up on the, uh, in terms of on threes rankings would be who's rated higher. Um, okay. Would be Amorion Walker, uh, rated as a three star out of Ponchatoula, Louisiana, just outside of new Orleans, six foot four. 180 pounds and walker is one of the most fascinating kids in this class uh i am still just i don't really know what to do with him from an evaluation standpoint so i'm just gonna grade him a high three star because i think that's the safe rating when you have kids like these um and the reason i say that is one the athletic profile is phenomenal love his athletic profile this is a kid that's six foot four 180 pounds can jump out of the gym four four speed terrific shuttle time as well i don't remember exactly what it is but man just wow athletic athletically just absolutely just passes the eye test that's why he had alabama offer him when he went out there uh for a camp he had a lot of sec schools that were were high on him early that eventually cooled on him and well, why did the SEC schools cool on him? Well, because he still has a long way to go as an actual football player. When I went out to see him live, I mean, it was just, it was tough to watch because I, again, the athletic profile is so phenomenal that you're like, man, you are so athletic and fast and big. <laughs> like, use your abilities. Like, Marion. The, the benefit of Omarion is he's going to have Ron Bellamy as his dedicated position coach, which I think was a great move for Michigan uh, to, to have that. I think Josh Gaddis being the OC and the receivers coach, I think maybe uh, hindered the wide receiver development in general. And you have Ron Bellamy that's dedicated to him. And not only is Ron Bellamy dedicated to him, he's also a New Orleans native and was his primary recruiter. So I think that relationship and that connectivity on a personal level is going to help as well. But with Amorion, again, it was frustrating because he's this tall, fast kid, but with with freaky athleticism. And the practice reports have been great since, since he's an early enrollee. Um, but I just I, I'm just concerned about when he actually plays in a game um whether he can produce but i think with him one 
you know, I've said it many times on this podcast, but strength and conditioning. He's very, very skinny, and he just he struggled to to against guys that that obviously aren't going D one. Whenever he got pressed up at the line of scrimmage, he struggled to to just get off of press. I mean, so he he definitely needs to add strength. He's very, very thin. Um, flexibility is there, so I mean, he just kind of struggled to get in and out of breaks, which is typical. Of bigger wide receivers but I don't really understand why uh, I think that he does have great flexibility again he is a great uh, leaper great ca- uh, catch radius you know athletic abilities great again but he struggled to get in and out of breaks struggled as a pure route runner so I think with that it's less hips and flexibility and more technique and I think Ron Bellamy will be able to teach him that um so there was that and then he just had a really lackadaisical attitude like he just wasn't really aggressive and so that concerns me if he were to flip to defense because he he actually played he he got a couple of series in at cornerback and and it was there where I was like oh man look he looks really really good as a corner I really like him as a corner but he wasn't really much of a willing tackler either so the so the aggression was lacking as well um he did have a really big state title game later in the year so that was really good to see uh again uh, with walker i just i don't know what to do with him because if you can get his ceiling it's insane so his ceiling is terrific like this is a kid that could be a multi-year starter a big time playmaker at Michigan, uh, just a, an absolutely phenomenal collegiate career, NFL, high NFL draft pick type. But if you get the floor, man, you get no production. So this is a kid with an extremely high ceiling and extremely low floor. So I'm just interested to see what Michigan gets out of him. I think, again, the biggest thing I can say here is the switch to wide receivers for Ron Bellamy, I think is really going to help Amarion Walker excel. So I don't know if I would bank on the the highest of high ceilings, just even though I'm a betting man, I don't know if I would be willing to take that gamble, but I would be willing to bet on a ceiling on, on him potentially getting towards that ceiling uh, just because of Bellamy and because it's hard to find guys that are six foot four, 180 pounds that can run four, four forties and also have great shuttle times. So um, with Amorion, he's just, again, really, really fascinating. He's, he's a Louisiana kid. So he, he kind of brings that Southern flair as well, that Southern speed. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in Amorion Walker. Like that's, that's one of the kids where I'm just like, uh boomer bust but you know i'd love to see the boom um next up on the list is marlon klein um I, i still haven't learned how to say after all these months i still have not learned to say the name of his school uh robin gap nikuchi uh out in kind of the middle of nowhere georgia out by the mountains close to the north carolina border Really, really beautiful area. It was my first time going out there when I had a chance to go see Klein at a practice in the summer during my two-a-day tours. Um, so I went out there. I had a chance to see him live, and I really like Klein, man. I think Klein, who's who's rated as a low four-star here on the consensus, I think he's a mid-four-star type. Um, I, I I really like the find here by Jay Harbaugh, who was the tight ends coach at the time, and. 
Yeah, I've said it on record. I really like Jay Harbaugh's evaluations and just the job he quietly does as a recruiter. He's just nice and steady. Uh, he finds good players. And so Marlon Klein, I think, is a really good player. He's six foot six, listed at 215. You'd be surprised at how thick Klein is. You'd think he'd be more of a skinny, pure flex and wide receiver type. And not really. He's, he's built really well in his upper and lower halves. Um, he's a strong kid. He's a willing blocker. When I went out to see him practice, I mean, he had a couple of pancakes, looked really good as a pure run blocker. He can be a flex end guy. He started off as more of a wide receiver. And the the thing about Klein, you have to remember how much of, of a, a ceiling he has just because he transferred into the United States from Germany. Um, was re- he played football in Germany, but he's still fairly new to the game. So he's still learning the intricacies of it, um, again, was more of a wide receiver. He's had to learn to be uh, an inline guy, but I think he can do it, at the, and he did do it at the high school level. Didn't have a super productive senior season, um, but I think he's a guy that, again, just is going to be a really, really good tight end at Michigan. Uh, really good kid, loving and taking advantage of the opportunity to play uh, football in the United States and was an early commit to Michigan, actually committed in September of 2020. And he had some legit offers and interests. He did visit a couple other schools, but stayed the course and remained fully uh, locked in with the Wolverines. So like Marlin, love spending my time out there in, in Georgia. So um, yeah, I think he's, he's going to be a really good player for Michigan. Um, moving on, we have Alex Orgy out of uh garland saxy um <laughs> alex orgy man so i met alex orgy when he was a kid um when i was on the texas beat i actually covered his brother alston orgy who was a really highly touted linebacker with an offer from texas uh spurned texas and some other big offers and landed at vanderbilt uh really really high academic kid and uh alex is in the same mold so his other older brother, Anfernee, who I covered to a lesser extent, the middle brother, also ended up going to Vanderbilt. Um, Alex wanted to be different, didn't want to want to go in the same path as his two older brothers, but he still really valued education. Um, both of his parents are immigrants from Africa, and they've done a tremendous job of um, of excelling in the united states they're both highly educated highly working professionals in the dallas area willie and, and miriam are, are great people some of the best people you'll ever, ever meet the orgy family is tremendous uh they've been nothing but great to me as well and so shout out to willie and miriam they've done an, a, a fantastic job uh in their own personal lives but also raising uh their children so alex is a really really great kid as well like I said, I met Alex when he was a kid, just covering his older brothers. Um, <clears throat> but when he was a freshman, I was uh, doing a seven-on-seven tournament out in Dallas. And at the time, you know, I was really ingrained in the Texas beat. And I had a chance to serve as a guest coach at a seven-on-seven tournament in Dallas when he was a freshman. And I I was responsible for putting the the roster together of guys that – didn't have club teams to play with at that tournament. So I put together my, my own team uh, along with the, the, uh, the director of Pylon. And so I, I got Alex to be my quarterback. And 
it was cool. So I got a chance to, I can say that I coached Alex Orgy. But seriously, I mean, he was just a big, intriguing kid with a big arm. Even as a freshman, he was just this this really impressive-looking athlete. I remember talking to his dad and, and Willie telling me he was going to be, be the best out of all the Orgy brothers. And I was like, sure, Willie, because at the time, Alston was, was again, really, really highly touted. And so I, um, you know, again, had a chance to just see him throw throughout that tournament and had a, had a fun time with him. And I didn't really expect him to – and obviously, again, I was on the Texas beat – I ended up leaving the Texas beat and really didn't, you know, stay in too much communication or, or follow up with, with Alex's development until he popped up as a Michigan target. So it was kind of, you know, fun how how that happened. And as soon as he got an offer from Michigan, I was in contact with his dad. And it, the re, one of the biggest reasons he got an offer from Michigan initially is because his dad uh, had a friendship with former Michigan assistant, uh, Mo Linguist, who obviously left the building um, and, and abruptly went over to be the head coach at Buffalo. But Matt Weiss stayed in contact. Uh, Alex eventually committed to Virginia Tech uh, late in the process. Michigan really, really made a strong run for him. He ended up um, you know, flipping on signing day after a lot of discussions. I remember being in the hotel um, where was I? So I, I guess I was in Detroit. I remember being in the hotel like a couple of days before signing day. Yeah, it was a couple of days before signing day um, because I made it back to Chicago for, for the signing day swing. But it was a couple of days before signing day, and I remember Willie calling me after their official visit to Michigan, which took place that weekend, the final weekend before signing day. And just he kind of just wanted to talk it out, and he weighed the pros and cons of Michigan versus staying at Virginia Tech, and we kind of talked about everything, my experiences in the Midwest as well, my experiences covering Michigan, and uh, just as a friend, uh, just because I had known that family for years and years uh, over the course of three recruitments. So um, that was really cool just to kind of just talk to him and their feelings. And at the end of the day, you know, the academic opportunities, we talk about academics and them not being as important for a lot of recruits. For the Orgy family, academics mean everything. And so I think at the end of the day, that was really the deciding factor. Um, as, as well as I, I thought Weiss did a good job here late. Jim Harbaugh's experience uh, being an NFL quarterback, having coached in the NFL, um, getting the most out of guys like Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick, I think appealed to Alex as well. Uh, and, and they told him he's going to have a fair shot to play quarterback. And I think of the two of Denigal and and Orgy, I think that Orgy has a better shot to stick at quarterback. With Orgy, again, he's a big kid even as a freshman, but now he's he's huge. I mean, <laughs> this is this kid looks like a warrior. I, I mean, he's six foot three, two hundred and thirty pounds, or six foot four. I, I mean, it's 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 really hard to gauge his height. He's just so massive. He looks like an action figure. Um, but he he has a strong arm, really high football IQ, willingness to really really work and adjust his mechanics and his craft. He can run the hell out of the football. I mean, he's a powerful runner. Um, so kind of in, in the mold of what. Uh, Matt Weiss initially wanted 
uh, when he was recruiting Nate Johnson, who was the fastest quarterback in America. And Alex not being that fast, but definitely being more of a powerful runner. Leary rushed for like close to a thousand yards, maybe even more as a senior in high school. Um, so I really, really love Alex's athletic ability. I think worst case, Alex transitions and is a great linebacker. I think Alex is hard to grade as a pure quarterback. I think he's a, you know, a high three star as a, an athlete. I think he's a high four star. Um, so with Alex, he, I think it was a great steal on signing day. I think, you know, again, worst case scenario, he turns into a great linebacker, um, but I, I I do think he's a guy that could maybe move the needle in the quarterback room as well. So really, really happy uh, that Alex ended up at Michigan and that I I finally got a, an orgy brother to end up at a, the school that I cover. So uh, really excited to follow Alex moving forward. Um, next on the list would be Mason Graham. Um, he is rated as a low four star just outside the top 300 on the on three consensus out of uh southern california powerhouse servite had a chance to go out and see uh mason live when servite played modern day in a huge game um out in southern california battle of the two of the better schools in the trinity league the best arguably the best high school league in all of the united states and so with mason Look, I, I, I am a big fan of Mason Graham. I mean, this is a kid that's about six foot three, two hundred and ninety-five pounds. Will easily play at over three hundred. And you know, biggest knock on on Mason is his lack of length. He's not super athletic, um, and so the NFL projection isn't there. I don't give a shit about the NFL, to be completely honest. <laughs> Hopefully, Trevor slaps a, one of those explicit tags on this podcast. But I really don't care, man. Like, who who gives a, <laughs> a crap about that? I mean, he is going to be a very productive college football player at Michigan. And that's all Michigan fans should really, really be concerned about. I mean, it, who cares about the NFL? We're talking about this kid playing at the University of Michigan. And I think he's going to be an extremely productive three technique under Mike Elston. Early practice reports have been great surrounding Mason Graham. He has a tremendous motor. He's powerful, uses his hands really well, can rush the passer as a three-tech, can stuff the run as a three-tech. Um, I mean, he checks all the other boxes. He's a big, strong, productive kid with a really high motor, nonstop motor. Went both ways at Servite in the Trinity League. Just that's unheard of. I mean, if you guys aren't familiar with high school football uh, in America, the Trinity League is stacked top to bottom st john bosco modern day servite just all these big name programs uh, out in southern california and mason graham went both ways offensive line defensive line was the los angeles times defensive player of the year i mean just you can't get any more productive at the high school level as a defensive lineman than mason graham he's going to be a great player michigan was an early enrollee um Again, I think Mason Graham's underrated. I think he's a top 300 kid for sure. I don't care about his NFL production. I care about his college production. And again, I think he's going to be a great college player. Um, Like I said, I had a chance to go out and see him live. And I mean, to me, Mason Graham's great. (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next recruit. And that would be... 
Cody Jones, four-star cornerback, uh, safety nickel out of Germantown, Tennessee, in the Memphis area. Had a chance to see Cody Jones quite a bit. Actually didn't see him in-game, which is crazy, but I saw him like five times. I uh, saw him in seven-on-seven and saw him at uh, at Michigan Satellite Camp in Memphis as well. So so I'm in a couple different settings. Um, with Cody Jones, man, Cody is just really good in all areas. I think his ranking's perfect. He's ranked as the number 273 overall prospect in the country for, by the consensus, so just inside the top 300. So Cody is just really good at everything. I mean, this is a guy that can play corner. He has adequate speed, adequate ball instincts, adequate athleticism, guy that had a lot of experience playing running back. I think he's going to be a really good nickel at the next level, can also play deep safety. Um, like you said, can play corner. Um, you can put him kind of anywhere in the secondary. He isn't special at anything, but he's really, really good at everything. Um, and he's not just average at, at everything. Like I, I said with C.J. Stokes, he checks boxes, but he's not great. Uh, he's good. I think Cody Jones is really good at everything. He's just not great at anything. But I really like him uh, as a, inside the top 300. I think he'll be a multi-year starter at Michigan. I think you you can maybe see him get on the field early uh, as a potential nickel guy. But I, I think you can just do a lot with Cody Jones. I just like his versatility. I like everything he does. He had, he had a really good senior year as well. Also had a really good senior year as a running back. So really, uh, you know, excited about Cody and, and his potential at Michigan. Had a fun time with Cody throughout the recruiting process. Was sad I didn't go back out to see him in the fall, uh, especially with, with his parents really being uh, great people. Keith Jones, Tangy Jones uh, did a phenomenal job with, with Cody. So, yeah, great, great time covering Cody. Uh, just really, really solid, good football player. Um, next up on the list is... Four-star Gooding, Idaho tight end Colston Loveland. We talked about Jay Harbaugh earlier. Jay Harbaugh going out to Idaho and finding a guy in Colston Loveland. And he is a guy. I love Colston Loveland. Uh, I think he's going to be a phenomenal tight end. I think he's going to be the next great tight end at Michigan. I really do. Loved when I went out to see him live. (laughs) This is a kid that was playing out in the middle of absolutely nowhere. I flew out to Boise and I drove like an hour and a half to who knows where. And then I finding the stadium <laughs> was absolutely crazy. I had to drive through all these back road farmlands and I finally found the, the stadium. And I go up to I go up to the gate and I had I had checked with with uh, Loveland's coach, uh, Coach Anderson, who who's phenomenal, does a great job out at Gooding. Um, so I checked with Coach Anderson and I was like, can you put me on the media list? And he was like, yeah, I'll get you, make sure you're in the stadium. So he calls me like pregame, like calling a media guy pregame, uh, to make sure I'm getting into the stadium. And I'm like, yeah, I see this like old guy guarding the stadium gate. I'll, I'll try to go through here. And so I went up to this old guy by the stadium gate and I was like, Hey man, um, I'm here to cover the game. Uh, I covered the University of Michigan, you know, Colson Loveland's committed. Uh, and he was like, I don't care. Just go on in. <laughs> we don't get any media here. <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool. And so got a chance to see a, a full Colson Loveland game in which he dominated, obviously not playing very good competition. 
in Idaho. It was fun to see him play a little bit of everything. So he played tight end. He played receiver. He played like a wing type of role in some, you know, random run heavy packages. Uh, played straight up running black, running back. Uh, played outside linebacker. Uh, some D end. Uh, so he was great. <laughs> he did everything. He had a monster win in a in a gooding uh, or a monster performance in a gooding win. Um, and the thing with Colston is, you know, again, he's he's not playing very good competition. But I just, you know, seeing this guy live, um, I mean, just seeing him move around and, and seeing his build, I mean, he is built so well. He has a muscular build at six foot five, two hundred and thirty pounds. Can easily play at two fifty. Comfortable as an inline blocker. Great as just a pure outside flex end or just an outside receiver in general. But just seeing him move around, seeing how well he's built, seeing how comfortable he is. I mean, to be six foot five, two hundred and thirty pounds, to have that flexibility to get in and out of breaks in a hurry, to play running back the way he did. I mean, he just checked a lot of boxes for me. I don't care if he was playing children. I mean, just the way he was, you know, looking around. I mean, just the way he was moving around at that size, some of the things he did were really, really special from an athletic standpoint. I think uh, Jay Harbaugh did a great job going out to Idaho and, and finding Loveland. And while I was at that game, it was a little awkward because I was on the sideline um, with Arizona State and Auburn and both schools were still pushing for him at the time and Loveland just you know stayed fully fully committed to Michigan never wavered um, and just fits the mold of a Michigan kid I mean I didn't get to know him that well I had a few phone conversations with him obviously spent time uh, with him while I was out in Idaho but just seems like a really really good fit for Michigan Uh, I remember talking to his high school coach again coach Anderson he does a great job and um and Coach Anderson said, you know, I asked him about an interesting story about Colson, and he told me that Colson won the high school's kindness award, uh, which I thought was interesting that they even have a kindness award. Um, but I thought it was really cool. He's a kid that uh, does a lot for his community in terms of community service, does a lot for his high school, goes and speaks to elementary students, like just a really, really great kid. I think he's going to be awesome under Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. Um, moving on to um, to the next kid. How is Kenneth Grant rated this low? What in the world on three consensus? Um, Kenneth Grant, man, um, arguably uh, my favorite kid outside of Will uh, and, and Tyler. Um, but I, 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 man, it's, it's tough to pick my favorite. I love Kenneth Grant, man. I really do. Six foot five, 350 pounds, Merrillville, Indiana, Broadway street, the monster on Broadway. I love, love, love Kenny G man. Um, he is, he's one of my favorite kids that I've ever met. Like he's one of my favorite kids in the class. Um, and he's a monster, man. I really love what Kenneth brings to the field. Um, so Kenneth is the way I met Kenneth was interesting too. Um, Michigan offered Kenneth when he wasn't really highly rated and at the time it was Sean Nua who extended an early offer. And I said this before Sean Nua bolted to USC, this was the best recruiting job that Sean Nua did at his time at Michigan. Uh, he identified Grant fairly early, stayed in consistent contact and earned his commitment. Um, but I, you know, again, he wasn't very highly touted when Nua initially offered him. So I was driving to, 
Uh, I drove to Pylon, Indianapolis to go see uh, to go see Will and Cody Jones and, and uh, several other you know Michigan targets that were participating in that tournament. And I messaged Kenneth Grant and I was like, "Hey, man, I know you have a Michigan offer. Uh, Merrillville's on the way back into Chicago, and I, honestly, Merrillville is actually really, really close to me. It's only about a fifty-minute drive, so that's why I went out and saw him so much and got a chance to just really know him really well. I'll probably go out and see Kenneth and, and give my goodbyes before he uh, graduates here uh, in the next couple months. But <clears throat> I was like, "Hey, man, you mind if I just stop by get some get some pictures of you at the high school stadium and?" You know, his, his mom brought him over uh, for some photos, and I was just really impressed. I wasn't, you know, at the time, he was one of those, like, profiles on, I guess we're, I guess we were still at Rivals at the time. So he was one of those profiles that just had nothing on it, like no, no profile photo, no ranking, no anything. Like, I mean, he, he was listed as being a, a big kid, but really didn't know what to expect, and so when he <laughs> he pops out of this little sedan, and he's just huge. He's I mean he legit is six foot five three fifty, but he carries the three hundred and fifty pounds as well as you can carry three hundred and fifty pounds. Like he's not a, a sloppy guy. Like he's really well built. Um, so he's uh, he's a great kid as well. I mean, Ken is one of the nicest kids you'll ever meet <laughs> he should get his his own kindness award um and talking to um his head coach brad seats who was also phenomenal throughout the entire recruiting process um but brad told me you know this is a kid that's just kind of the face of the school he goes out and everybody knows who kenneth is because he's massive um but he go he runs the concession stands at basketball games um, he goes out and supports other sports. He does a lot for his community as well. And he's just a leader on the football team. He's a four-year starter. He goes down as the winningest player in Merrillville High School history. Uh, led Merrillville to three straight state semifinal appearances. Uh, you know, we talk about dancing bear as an overused term for offensive lineman, but he's a, a dancing bear as a defensive lineman. Really quick off the ball. Um, obviously very strong and massive at his size, but this is a guy that was playing five tech defensive end and rushing the passer. I mean, he is for 350 pounds. He's fast. He's quick, uses his hands. Well, strong, just, I think he's going to be a phenomenal nose at Michigan. I think he's going to be a a three-year starter at Michigan or at least a multi-year starter at Michigan. Um, and he, he embodies what it means to be a Michigan man, uh, I wrote an entire feature on him uh, for the Wolverine Magazine Recruiting Edition. If you haven't had a chance to go get it, uh, make sure to go uh, order a copy um, of the Wolverine Recruiting Edition and read the story uh, on Kenneth Grant because uh, he, he is a great kid. He's a great football player. I am really, really, gonna, really going to miss uh, covering Kenneth. So, um, yeah, man, he's... Uh, He's great. Uh, I love love Kenneth. Uh, 262 in the country. He's rated low, man. Um, I, I have him graded as a high four-star prospect. I think Michigan's getting a phenomenal football player. Um, next up is, uh, let's see. Ew, sorry about that. It's uh, Jimmy Rolder, four-star Chicago linebacker out of Marist. Uh, the hottest recruit in the country. Uh, at the time of his commitment to Michigan, 
uh, Jimmy was a complete unknown. And it's funny because, you know, Marist is, is right down the, the highway from me. And I had been to Marist on a couple of occasions. Um, you know, when I first moved to Chicago, I went out to, uh, to Marist to see Pat Coogan, who eventually ended up at Notre Dame, but Michigan had offered him. And then I went back out to see Carnell Tate, who's obviously a big-time receiver in this class and, and was at Marist before he transferred to IMG Academy. Um, but, you know, and I always try to get a look at other prospects. Like, they had a, they had a really good little quarterback, uh, Dontrell Jackson, who ended up committing to Coastal Carolina. They have a big, intriguing wide receiver in 23, Ryan Sims. So I try to get to know, you know, a lot of the other prospects whenever I go to high schools, right? And the Jimmy Rolder was never brought up <laughs> at all. Um, so, And I know Coach Dozak there really, really well. And, you know, I always ask him about his underclassmen and everything. Jimmy Rolder, again, never brought up, never noticed him at all, um, which was an obvious mistake on everybody's end, including me. Um, but the thing with Jimmy is, he wasn't even a full-time linebacker. So this is a kid that was 6'2", 220, playing tight end, right? And it's, you're not looking at 6'2", 220 tight ends, you know, very often, unless they're they're really, really athletic freaks. But Jimmy was more so a baseball player, so he committed to Illinois as a baseball player. Didn't start playing full-time linebacker until a shortened junior season because if you remember, um, the state of Illinois – had a spring season and then turned right back around and had a fall season. And then the spring season was stupid. It was only four games. Um, so it was, it was just a really weird situation. So coaches didn't really catch on about Jimmy Rolder until he was a senior. And again, at the time, he was committed to Illinois, didn't have any Power 5 football offers. And so he thought he was just going to go play baseball. And out of nowhere, he just starts getting <laughs> offer after offer. Jim Harbaugh called him. It was funny. He said he got an unknown uh, number call from, from Michigan. And so he decided to answer it, and it was Jim Harbaugh offering him a scholarship. So it was just crazy how it kind of turned out for him. So after that, I went out and obviously saw Jimmy quite a few times, saw him in-game, saw him at a couple practices, things like that. And um, I, I love kids that, that are really high-level baseball players. I think the skill set – and baseball is an extremely difficult sport. I have nothing but respect for baseball players. I always sucked at it. So you have to, I mean, you have to be – a really, uh, you have to have a special skill set to be a great baseball player. And I think that transitions well over to the football field oftentimes. And so I think, uh, I love that Jimmy, again, was, a, was an Illinois baseball commit. Um, his stepfather actually played uh, against Jim Harbaugh in college and played in the NFL. Uh, Scott, who, who's uh, phenomenal, was phenomenal throughout the recruiting process as well. Um, so, I, you know, he, he had a, a great advisor in Scott, the the baseball athletic profile was great, and he's a big kid. Again, he's six foot two, two twenty on on three, but I think he's he's right at about two twenty five, maybe even two thirty. He's big, he's strong. Um, I remember talking to Coach Dozak, and he said he went out to watch him play baseball, you know, in his junior season, and was just like, man, that guy looks like a major leaguer already playing third base, and um, yeah, he he has a great build. Um, he's not super athletic but he's deceptively athletic he gets sideline to sideline well he is comfortable in coverage you know if you watch his film he has early on i think in his huddle highlights he has an interception return for a touchdown when i watched him play 
Uh, he was a thumper in the middle, filled gaps quickly, um, but did have that enough athleticism to get sideline to sideline and cover in space as well. Um, so I think Jimmy Rolder was a, a, a great find for Michigan. I mean, his uh, recruitment ballooned, but Michigan was there fairly early. Uh, so really good evaluation by former defensive coordinator Mike McDonald and linebackers coach George Hilo. Um, looking ahead, we've got Tyler Morris coming in at 155. Um, obviously love Tyler and is a kid that, you know, I've been covering for multiple years. Uh, terrific family. Um, I mean, nothing but great things to say about Tyler as just a kid. I mean, uh, I, I got to know his mom more so than his dad, um, but both great people. But Shirley is phenomenal, one of the best moms you'll ever meet on the recruiting trail. Um, and, and Tyler, just great academic kid, um, extremely humble, carries himself the right way, future team captain. Um, and it was just so unfortunate that Tyler uh, tore his ACL during that spring junior season here in, in, in Chicagoland. Um, I was actually at the game. And so bef- before the torn ACL, I mean, you have to remember, you have to keep in mind, Tyler Morris was a consensus across the board, top 100 kid. I thought he had a chance to be very, very similar to Ohio State's Garrett Wilson in terms of a rankings jump. And they're they're very similar as well as players. You know, I covered Garrett very, very often during my time on the Texas beat. It pretty much came down to Texas, Ohio State. Obviously, Garrett ended up going to Ohio State. Um, and, and, I mean, watching Tyler was very eerily similar to Garrett. Um, from a skill set standpoint, from a kid standpoint, I love Garrett. Garrett's still one of my favorite kids of all time as well. Really excited to see him get drafted even though i know he's a buckeye um but garrett's great uh tyler really similar amazing route runner just really really tactical clean crisp routes terrific hands some of the best hands i've ever seen underrated athlete kid that's a junior olympian not really all that big i mean he's right at about 5'11, six foot kind of like garrett but can just go up and get it. Tremendous body control, great high pointer of the football. So Tyler checked a lot of boxes for me and a lot of boxes for a lot of people. Again, I mean, he was, I thought he had a chance. And Garrett was the same way. Garrett was ranked like right around where Tyler was ranked, um, you know, go, going into his junior season or, or exiting his junior season. I think Garrett was ranked, and obviously Garrett's now a first round NFL draft pick, but Garrett, um was like i want to say in the 60s nationally 70s nationally just right about where tyler was pre-injury and garrett shot up i mean garrett had a one hell of an off season going into his senior year and then was absolutely flat out dominant as a senior so garrett went from that ranking to a five star and garrett was uh my top overall player in Texas. I had great Garrett graded as a five-star number one player in Texas that cycle. Um, and so I thought Tyler had a chance to rise in the same way. And Tyler started off with a great off season. I remember watching him in Myrtle beach, uh, playing seven on seven for Midwest boom. And just being like, man, Tyler's really taking the next step. 
Um, and he jumped right from seven on seven to playing football, you know, in that shortened, in that shortened season. And so I, it was the last game of the year and Tyler had had a couple of injuries going into the game already. And I remember sitting there, um, I'll, I'll never forget this. I was in the back of the end zone, um, and, and Nazareth Academy was struggling. They, they obviously, you know, had lost JJ, uh, in the off season prior. So they didn't really have a lot of the, the athletes they normally have. And, and without JJ, they were struggling a bit. So it wasn't the normal, you know, Nazareth Academy that was competing, uh, for state championships. So Tyler was doing everything. He was going both ways. And I remember thinking in my head, like, and Tyler had an interception earlier in the game. Um, but I remember thinking in my head too, like, is, is this, is this necessary? Like, this is like the last game or whatever. Like why, why is Tyler not, you know, coming off the field? Like, do we really need to have him going both ways? And, um, right after halftime, I was sitting in the back of the end zone trying to get, you know, photographs from that, from that angle. And Tyler goes up to make another interception, which he does. Um, so he goes up, makes a great interception play on the ball and he just, he comes down and the ball rolls out of his hand. And I mean, it just goes dead silent. And at that point, you know, I assumed the worst and I know Tyler assumed the worst too, because, you know, it took him a while to get assisted off the, um, off the field. And then I walked down their sideline, you know, about 10 minutes later just to kind of, you know, and with, with Tyler, I, again, I had been covering him for so long. We had a personal relationship with him and his family. I remember walking right by him and I, I looked at him and he just gave me, he gave me like a really, really sad look. And I'll never forget seeing Tyler on that training table and just being like, man, it's it's not good. And so obviously he ended up tearing his ACL. Um, and you know the the great thing about Tyler is look I, I have no doubt that Tyler is going to come back stronger than ever like I mean he has that type of attitude he's a relentless worker as well I did an entire story on his rehab which you can go and, and find over at the Wolverine and I mean the the moment I, I know Tyler was obviously devastated uh, I mean who wouldn't be tearing their ACL but the way he handled it as a teenager bouncing back um from that and immediately getting to work on rehab and being ahead of schedule on rehab and going to physical therapy and getting his getting constant work with his speed trainer like uh his parents even bought him a jugs machine so he could keep catching the football in the backyard like this is a kid that lives and breathes football uh again just tremendous work ethic tremendous kid and I think he's going to to bounce back and surprise a lot of people. Like I said, people forget how highly rated he was pre-injury. Um, but I went out to one of his rehab sessions, and and he was doing you know a great job of, of rehabbing and putting in that work. And um, <clears throat> yeah, like I said before the injury, I mean he was very much Garrett Wilson esque. Had a great chemistry with JJ McCarthy. The two were teammates. At Nazareth, as as most of you guys know, so I think Tyler's going to be. Um, I think Tyler, it's going to obviously take him time to recover. But if he does fully recover, which I expect him to, uh, he's going to be a great addition 
to the uh, Michigan wide receiver room. So, you know, I hope, hope Tyler really does make that uh, recovery. And let's see, next guy on the list is number 146 overall prospect in the country, consensus four-star, Zeke Berry out of uh, Northern California powerhouse, De La Salle. I love me some Zeke Berry. Uh, I think Zeke's even underrated at this ranking. Uh, you know, I would have Zeke rated as a top 100 player. Um, <clears throat> the All-American Bowl MVP, a, uh, or not MVP, didn't get to play it because of COVID, but uh, Defensive Player of the Year by the All-American Bowl um, was phenomenal for De La Salle, despite having some injuries throughout his uh, senior season. This is a kid that I have been extremely high on since very be- the very, very beginning when Michigan offered Zeke. I was, I was really excited about him. I had a chance to see him live in 7-on-7 seven seven before he was a Michigan target, and I was really impressed with him. Uh, flew out to California twice. Um, the, the first time I went out to see him, uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, the first in-game time that I went out to see him, he, he actually was injured and uh, didn't get to see too much of, of him. But the second time I went out there uh, was a playoff game against Folsom, and uh, he had a really great game, both at wide receiver. Uh, I think he caught a touchdown, had several tackles on defense, and also threw for a touchdown. So, And he can pass. Yes, so Zeke Berry, a compact build at about 5'11", 185 pounds, uh, really strong upper half, thick lower half. Kind of looks a little bit like a running back. Um, I think he can play safety. He can play corner. He can play nickel. I think you put him in the Dax Hill role and just let him go. He's really athletic. Um, I mean, the thing that stands out right away when you watch Zeke Barry play live is closing speed. I mean, this is a guy that's just a missile launcher. Um, so he's. I think he's going to really excel in that Dax Hill role personally if I were to place him somewhere. Um, that's where I would have him. And it's just a great pull out of Northern California for for Michigan. I think Zeke also fits that Michigan man mold. Great kid, high academic student, uh, like I've said about a lot of these kids throughout the podcast. But uh, I, I really enjoyed getting to know Zeke. Really loved watching him play. And I, I, I absolutely love that versatility. Uh, next on the list is Darius Clemens, the number 113 overall prospect in the country. Consensus four-star uh Darius I saw very very early on and I didn't get an updated live evaluation of him which is unfortunate um because he initially eliminated Michigan Wolverines didn't get back in it until late obviously hosted him for an OV right before signing day and earned his commitment you know just a great job by the Michigan staff just turning that recruitment around but <clears throat> I, I saw Darius very, very early in a seven-on-seven tournament and was impressed with him. Uh, kept in touch with him and his father, Larry, uh, during the recruiting process. But I, I loved how big of a of an outside wide receiver he is. I'm a sucker for big outside wide receivers. I love big, out wide re- big outside wide receivers that are not stiff. And that's the thing with Darius Clemens is he's six foot three, 205 pounds, he ran like a laser four three forty. I mean, that's insane as a high school senior. Um, at six foot three, two oh five, he can bend well. 
Um, gets in and out of breaks really well. I mean, he's flexible. Uh, there's a lot to love about Darius Clemens. He's already being called a freak in Ann Arbor as an early enrollee. Again, I wish I would have been able to see him uh, when I when I initially saw him. I think he was going into his junior year. So it's been a long while since I had a chance to see Clemens live. Um, but you turn on the film, you see the verified times. You see the verified height and weight, and it's just, wow, he is a freak. So, you know, I would have uh, Darius graded as a top 100 player. Again, he's 113, so a little bit outside of that, but I think he was one of the best lands of the cycle, obviously. Um, Next on the list is Keon Saab, number 89, nationally. This is another kid, kind of the same thing as Darius Clemens. So Keon Saab has been on the Michigan radar forever, it seems like, right? Like he... I think he was initially offered by Chris Partridge. Keon Saab might have been on Michigan's recruiting radar even before I joined the Michigan beat, which is crazy. So, uh, yeah, Keon Saab was a big name on the recruiting trail even as a young kid. Um, I saw him live for the first time in the offseason of his junior year um, playing for NLG, which is a, a – a really good seven on seven club program in New Jersey. So I saw him at Pylon Orlando and at the time he was a Michigan target already. Like I said, he's been on the radar for what seems like forever. Um, and I loved him. I was like, man, this kid is elitely five-star level kid. Um, you know, about six foot three, 200 pounds, just an intimidating force at safety. I mean, teams were just afraid to throw it deep because he would just pick it off like he's not that tall tall like he he is close to six foot three i guess he's listed at six foot two but he's just long and big he's a huge kid that might spin down and even be an athletic linebacker i think he's a great box safety give me a taylor mays comparison here like i i love keon Saab, and you know i know taylor didn't have a great nfl career but he was terrific as a college player at usc i think keon Saab has a similar skill set um big hitter as well on film um a lot to love about keon Saab. another recruitment where the michigan staff did did a tremendous job of coming back and landing him um, you know, his ranking did drop a little bit from when he was younger, um, just because I think his ceiling is, is maxed out a little bit and he's a little bit of a tweener in terms of the fact, like I, like I said, he might spin down. Um, but I, I love Keon Saab. I still think of him as an elite athlete. I still think of him as a, a borderline top 50 player. I think that this is a kid that's gonna, gonna be a, an early impact player at Michigan for sure. Um, Derek Moore out of St. Francis Academy in Baltimore, keeping that pipeline in Michigan going. Uh, Derek Moore is another one. Like, man, how many times? Uh, Derek Moore is a kid that Michigan offered fairly early, you know, through that St. Francis pipeline. Didn't really consider Michigan throughout the process. Was Oklahoma bound. And then the staff got him in on campus late, uh, got him to, to sign with Michigan on signing day, had a, a really amazing performance at the Under Armour All-America game on national television, which we all saw. Um, he's about six foot three, six foot four, two hundred and fifty pounds, not super lengthy. Um, so he's a guy that was considered a little bit or that I considered a little bit of a tweener as well, just because he wasn't that super long kid. Um, he does have good length, just not amazing length. Um, and he's really filled out 
already like he's already like 250 pounds so i did see Derek moore live um and i wrote a story about him early on in his recruitment but like i said just wasn't all that interested in michigan but i went out to under armor baltimore two years ago and he was one of the best kids there like he was just like and, and he was ranked really high at the time and everything too so i kept a close eye on him and he was just so good i was like man this kid, I don't know exactly what he's going to project at. At the time, he was a little bit lighter than 250. I think he's an outside linebacker, DN, probably a five-tech type kid. Um, but he's just really, really damn good. Um, obviously, he's put on some weight since then. Um, six foot four, 250 is a big, uh, big kid. Uh, for him, just being an early enrollee freshman. So interested to see how the strength and conditioning program manages Derek Moore especially with you know that they don't really have traditional four three five tech DNs obviously the the DNs are more D tackles as three techs um but I think he can be a really really good edge rusher I mean you saw it at the Under Armour All-America game I mean he gets around the edge in a hurry he gets after quarterbacks he's a speedy guy um he uses his hands really well as an array of different pass rushing moves so I'd love Derek Moore. Uh, you know, the, the only thing that concerned me was just his body type as far as scheme fit. From a pure talent standpoint, Derek Moore was a terrific land and obviously shot up in the rankings. 37 national is, is extremely high. Um, and last kid on the list, <laughs> we saved the best for last, Will Johnson, the number 18 overall recruit in the country, six foot three, 190 pound cornerback at a gross point south in the great state of michigan the only commit out of the great state of michigan this past recruiting cycle uh will was uh man a, a pleasure to cover everybody knows how close i was to to will johnson and his father Dion johnson and uh man it, it's been a ride i'm obviously gonna miss covering will um so first met will when he was a freshman um, I was still on the Texas beat. Uh, I've told this story before, but I was I was on the Texas beat, and I went out to Pylon Atlanta. Uh, at the at the time, Texas was recruiting a couple of kids in Georgia. It was kind of the same thing as as Damani Dent. So again, I love watching football. I love watching recruits. Like I, that's what I do, man. Like you know, other reporters spend time like going out to get lunch or talking to other reporters like if i'm at an event don't talk to me like i don't want to be your friend i'm not here to make friends i'm here to watch football right it's like when jim harbaugh says like i i want to talk about football i don't care about anything else like i, I not one don't want to be friends with you <laughs> like if you see me at an event don't talk to me you see me at a game don't talk to me unless it's pre-game because i want to watch football and so i, I was there and i was looking at I was I was looking at this team and I was like who is this team they have these like big kids and they were loud and had like a like three boom boxes going and I was like where's this team from Max X and Sound Mind Sound Body and I I remembered um I remembered seeing Sound Mind Sound Body on a satellite camp poster um so I guess back in the day um, it was funny because when I was on the Texas beat, I actually went to a couple of Jim Harbaugh satellite camps. But I remember that Sound Mind Sound Body had a 
at a satellite camp in Texas. Um, but it didn't really connect at the time. I was like, it was this Max X team, Satellite Sound Body. Um, so I went over to like one of their coaches. I was like, hey, man, where are y'all from? And he told me we're from Detroit, Michigan. And he was like, we got these, you know, really big time underclassmen, Malik Carr and Makari Page and, you know, several other kids. Obviously, Makari ended up in Michigan. Um, but I was like, all right, I'll watch you guys for sure. So, you know, I sat there, I watched their, I watched their game and I, I really liked Makari at the time. I also tweeted out Makari at that point, too. I was like, oh, this Makari Page kid's pretty good. Um, I was like, the best player on this team is this little corner, or not little, but this big, young-looking corner over here. And I remember going up to this kid and being like, hey, man, what's your name? <laughs> and he was like, William Johnson. And I was like, all right, William Johnson. So I tweeted out, uh, and I watched him more, and I was like, this little kid's really impressive, man, William Johnson. I tweeted out William Johnson, or I tweeted out this kid, William Johnson's really impressive, going to be a top recruit nationally when it's all said and done. And of course, uh, little William Johnson became Will Johnson, a five-star prospect. And so, yeah, I kept in touch with him, um, you know, a little bit, not, but not, not too much. Uh, but when I first moved over to the Michigan beat, he was one of the first guys I hit up and, you know, I hit up his dad and his dad at the time had messaged me way back and was just like, thanks for your coverage of Will out in Atlanta. And um, it's just funny how things work out sometimes on, on the recruiting trail. And so <clears throat> when I first moved out to Chicago, I went out and I met with Will and Dion and saw a workout. And then just from there, like I just got really, really close to Will and Dion. Um, you know, great people. Will's a great kid. Um and I think he's a phenomenal football player. I mean, just talking about him as a a pure football player, um, the size says it all. He's a six foot three, one hundred and ninety pounds, which is legit. Um, you know, he's a big, physical, imposing corner. He's going to comfortably play at above two hundred at Michigan. Um, when I saw him as a junior in game on multiple occasions, just absolutely lock down his side of the field at, at corner I mean teams wouldn't even throw to him at all they had to move him to safety as a senior because teams refused to throw to his half of the field um saw him in seven on seven in the off seasons obviously really really physical um kid that just is always around the football terrific technique and the thing about Will is he's not a guy that's just gonna lunge and press you all the time He's so smart being around Dion um, and growing up around the Michigan program his entire life and just football his entire life. I mean, he just doesn't use his size and physicality to overwhelm you. He understands what offenses are trying to do, and he parlays his coverage to that. So he's really, really patient. He's technically sound, gifted IQ, gifted you know natural ball skills and instincts underrated athlete uh that helped south reach the uh the the state track meet this past year uh great basketball player for south as well played with the uh, high profile aau team the family um so yeah i mean everybody that was questioning will johnson's speed i mean this guy's a really really good athlete too um so you know on top of all of that you know like i said he moved to safety 
as a as a senior and and had some really good plays there but he was also one of the top wide receivers in the entire uh midwest this year so he had a great great year as a wide receiver as well which again speaks to his athleticism i think the game uh or the first game i saw him in he had like 200 yards and three touchdowns and then the the final game i saw him in so i saw will for his last game against de la Salle, and he still had i think about a buck 50 in two scores so uh he played wildcat quarterback as well I mean, there are not enough great things to say about Will Johnson. Just as a pure football player, he's going to be a contributor as a freshman, in my opinion, an early career starter. I mean, he's just great. He's a student of the game. He's a hard worker. I mean, this is a kid that's just a relentless worker uh, as well. Like, he's always out there training with Dion. Like, no matter what, he's whether he's doing sound mind, sound body events, practicing with his team, I mean, seven days a week, this kid was working. I mean, he would find ways to get work in. And so, you know, he had his own speed trainer. He realized people were knocking him for his speed. He went out and got a speed trainer and worked with him a couple of times a week as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Will uh, Will is not just like this, you know, larger-than-life recruit. I mean, he's a guy that's also putting in the work. Like when – you know, I've covered five-star recruits in the past, obviously, and, you know, a lot of them aren't working as much as Will is. I mean, Will is working like he's a one-star kid, like he's he has that chip on his shoulder, he's hungry, he always finds ways to feel disrespected, I guess, and, and kids, speaking of respect, I mean, kids around um, the Detroit Metro absolutely love Will, he was the face of that Sound Mind, Sound Body program. Uh, for a long long time he just has that quiet confident demeanor uh, I remember at a seven on seven tournament uh, that seven on seven tournament I mentioned earlier in Indianapolis uh, this past off season uh, you know Will's always quiet he's always he doesn't let people really get to him and I mean he just dominates games he like has he's quietly just completely dominates games as a corner all right so it was funny, they they were playing this team, Max S was playing this team that was just taking cheap shots all over the place to, to the Max X players, and Will got so mad, I had never seen him this mad, and he just, I mean, just lost it, and uh, I, <laughs> I won't really give out too many details, you can use your imagination, but I was like, man, Will, like that Detroit really came out of you, man, <laughs> He just kind of laughed because you, you never see that aggression really truly come out. It's always he always has that calm demeanor. He always knows what he has to do. He's he's really really smart, a uh, smart kid off the field too. Um, and yeah, man. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm just gonna really miss covering Will. Uh, terrific kid, terrific athlete. Uh, gonna be a great ambassador and leader at the University of Michigan. Uh, kind of reminded me a little bit of, uh, man, using, using the Ohio state references today, uh, but reminded me a little bit of, of Jeff Okuda, who obviously ended up being a first round draft pick for the, uh, the Detroit lions, um, similar type of kids, similar type of playing style. Um, so I think, I think Will's going to be that type of guy for the university of Michigan. Um, I, I love, uh, everything about Will and his family and his background and he's uh he was the face of the class so yeah i mean we've gone to 
entire 2022 class. But just really quick bonus, uh, Andrew Gentry obviously signed uh, with Michigan coming off of his uh, or still I think he's wrapping up his mission trip right now if you didn't go read my Andrew Gentry story please do I did an entire feature on him for the Wolverine and our Wolverine recruiting edition uh, for our our print magazine Um, but very quickly on Andrew Gentry it was great time uh, out in Salt Lake City I actually got to go to his mission trip spent uh, 48 hours with him uh, even went door to door with him knocking on on people's doors to to spread his uh to spread his word and it was really cool man i mean getting getting to go out to salt lake city spending time with andrew gentry in that type of setting i mean he cares so much about his faith and what he's doing to the point where he took those two years i mean i covered uh an lds kid at texas that just you know didn't do his mission and just enrolled at texas like it was important for Andrew to do his mission. So he's he's really committed. He's disciplined. Um, great, great kid. And, you know, I'm not religious myself. So going out there and being a part of that community and seeing what they do was really an eye-opening experience for me personally. Uh, but also just, you know, really cool to have the, the respect for what Andrew has committed his life to do. But as a football player, I loved Andrew. I had him graded as a top 100 prospect when I saw him as a high school player. I went out to Columbine twice and uh, just massive kid at six foot eight, 300 pounds. Um, obviously, he's lost some weight while he's on his mission trip. But if Andrew gets it back, if he gets back into football shape and he's anywhere close to where he was as a high school prospect, I think Andrew's going to be a, a one of the great offensive lineman at Michigan. I think he was a hell of a land uh, for the Wolverines in a really unique situation as he was set to enroll at Virginia. But, you know, obviously Virginia parted ways with Bronco Mendenhall, who was a a Mormon himself. And so that opened the door for Michigan to land him. And uh, yeah, I I think Andrew Gentry is going to come back from his mission and it's going to take him a little bit of time to get back to where he was. But once he does, I think he's going to be a premier offensive lineman at the University of Michigan. So that wraps it up for 2022, guys. Uh, For all your 2023 recruiting coverage, go over to thewolverine.com now. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at EJHolland on 3. Thank you guys for listening.